to the Insatiable Appetite. My name is Renee Wheeler. I am a senior consultant here on the Hartman Retainer Services team. And I'm so excited to be able to talk to you all about our Compass Eating Occasions database. I am here with Gray Stanton, a senior business analyst and our in-house eating occasions expert. Hi, Renee. Hi, Gray. Thanks for joining me today. So to give everyone a little bit of background about our Eating Occasions database, or what we call Compass, this is an online survey, which we field three times per year. We're asking respondents, what exactly did you eat and drink in the past 24 hours? And then beyond just what it was, also, you know, who was there? Um, where was it? Um, when did it take place? You know, what are some of those need states driving that occasion? Uh, so this started back in 2012. To date, we have had over 86,000 respondents. That's between 2012 and 2018. We currently have over 136,000 adult eating occasions, plus an additional 26,000 child eating occasions. And those are adults reporting for their children. Starting in 2016, um, we have been capturing a larger sample of that Gen Z crowd. So those ages 13 to 17 years old. um, So we can provide a more in-depth look at this emerging uh, consumer group. So, great. why don't you tell me a little bit about why we look at eating occasions? What's the history or background behind this? Well, Renee, uh, part of the reason why we look at eating occasions uh, is because it provides a more holistic look at what is really going on when consumers are choosing what food or beverage they want to uh, drink or eat. Uh, this is in contrast to perhaps a more traditional marketing standpoint of looking at uh, sort of the demographic characteristics, the attitudinal characteristics of the consumer, and uh, extrapolating that out to how they're going to go about choosing their food. Mm -hmm. Uh, We find that actually, because of the way people change uh, and change their decision-making process, depending much more on the surroundings and the overall emotional context uh, in which it's going into that eating occasion, that it's actually more helpful to look at the occasion itself versus focusing too much on uh, the demographics or uh, sort of who that person is. Wonderful. Well, you know, I I mentioned earlier that Compass, our Eating Occasions database, really dives into that who, what, when, and where. Um, Can you expand on that? You know, what does that include? I'd be happy to. Uh, Well, for for all those sort of the five uh, Ws, uh, we ask uh, both at sort of a high level, say for instance, who, uh, first that we get at for each of the uh, eating occasions that you could have gone through in the last 24 hours, we ask, uh, were you uh, alone? Would you eat with a partner? Did you eat with uh, other adults? Were they in your family or not in your family? Were they could have, they could have been coworkers uh, or with, uh, with children? So we ask the very high level for all of the eating occasions. But then for the one to two eating occasions that we randomly select and decide to really drill down into, uh, we ask in a much greater nuance, uh, for instance, who these people were that you're eating with. Uh, we ask, like, okay, we literally ask, like, was it your grandparent, grandmother or grandfather you're talking about? Family member. Oh, or maybe it was uh, an adult niece and nephew. We have quite a lot of granularity, even just around the who. That's when we get into the other W, say, the, the where, 
Again, at the high level, we say, all right, was it at home? Was it uh, at work? Was it uh, while on the go? Was it at a restaurant or in a retail environment? But then we drill down and we say, oh, it was at home, but was it at your house or someone else's house? Uh, was it, if it's at work, uh, was it, uh, we ask, are you, were you eating at your desk? Were you eating in a workplace cafeteria or for restaurant? We have a whole list of uh, different types sort of general restaurant types from cafe and casual dining up to a high-end option to really understand what this occasion looked like. Uh, that's, so that's two W's, the who and the where. We also have the when. We have eight day parts that we capture from uh, early morning snack all the way down to a late night meal slash snack. Uh, and these are, these are consumer defined. We ask mm-hmm. them to say, when, where would you place this eating occasion in your day? Uh, so that allows them, there's some flexibility to decide, like, was this really a breakfast or was it an early morning snack? And that's uh, some, in- you see interesting variations in the granularity between, say, uh, millennials and boomers and what they're willing to call a snack versus a meal. That's great. So, you know, what about the why? Then you talked about the other W's. You know, here at the Hartman Group, we talk a lot about need states in our work. And what exactly our need states. You know, why are they important? Um, Can you uh, provide some examples there? Uh, Certainly. Uh, In Compass, we capture need states in three broad ways. Uh, The first way uh, is we profile and segment occasions out based on whether or not they were uh, instrumental, that is more focused on what the food can do for you. Uh, For instance, is it a coffee to just wake you up? Or is it a more fibrous-based Uh, meal or snack that will keep you full through the rest of the day. Uh, So that's instrumental versus uh, savoring, which savoring is much more about the pleasure that the food can bring to you and uh, the degree to which you're actually going to choose what you eat based on how much it can give you pleasure and how you can enjoy it. So we that's great. And so what, what are the differences then? How many occasions are instrumental versus savoring? Interestingly, uh, we find that it's it's not too different. It's a fairly even, probably about a 58-42 split, more, uh, majority being instrumental. Uh, however, savoring still makes up uh, a big portion of occasions. And you find that as the day goes on, uh, t- typically occasions will swing more towards savoring. In the morning, of course, we're all more goal-oriented, more willing to stick to our diets, and so we focus on uh, food that can really uh, help us to, to meet our desires in terms of like just staying awake or giving me the energy I need to power through today. But by the afternoon, especially by the evening, people really want that pleasure that savoring can bring to you. Absolutely. That's great. So what are some example questions that we can ask of Compass? Uh, well, there, uh, there's a huge number of questions, but before I get to that, I want to talk to perhaps the most important part of the need states. That is, uh, we ask uh, about 25, currently up to 25 top-level need states uh, and that range all the way from the pragmatic side of things of how much did it co- like how, how much was cost influencing your decision-making practices versus uh, were you looking for special health benefits? Maybe you wanted some really artisan ingredients or uh, you were looking for something that gave you uh, some positive nutrition, the fiber and the protein that you want through your day. So for those uh, top-level need states that we've determined that those are uh, what's usually driving uh, food and beverage choices that you're deciding what to eat on that occasion, uh, we ask consumers to rank them from one, meaning wasn't consideration at all. I didn't wasn't even didn't even think about that. Never crossed my mind. All the way to four, which is this was one of the key factors influencing what I decided to have on this occasion. 
That's great. So it looks like you can kind of get some answers from Compass or go into Compass by need state, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've often had occasions to say, all right, say consumers are looking for protein-seeking occasions. That is uh, counts as one of our A. It's a positive nutrition, top-level need state. And then we also have a sub-need question that we ask about uh, that top-level need state saying, all right, you said you were looking for positive nutrition, but was it... Uh, Fiber, calcium, protein, antioxidants, a whole list of things. And then so we can once we have that, we can drill down and say, all right, only on occasions when consumers were uh, they wanted positive nutrition and they particularly they wanted protein, well what did they actually choose to have? Are those more likely to occur in the, the morning versus the evening? Is it a meal or a snack type of thing? Uh, we can also say, like, oh, what's the breakdown? Are millennial men say more likely to have protein seeking occasions than a boomer women? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great. And it sounds like there's so many different ways that we can kind of approach Compass. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of our clients, they've asked us to kind of delve into insights to further understand like their cultural drivers for their portfolio, market sizing um, for analysis, platform development, even price sensitivities, um, so white space opportunities or even jobs mm -hmm. to be done. Um, in your experience, what have been the most interesting asks of our Compass Eating Occasions database? Mm, that's a difficult question, Renee. Uh, we each ask is uh, unique in its own way, I have to say. <laughs> we, we really run the gamut in terms of how, how, we, can, what, how we mine Compass. Uh, but some of the most interesting ones that I've uh, personally developed recently, uh, we also have, um, I haven't mentioned it yet, but we have our uh, recently added in 2016, our Compass brand question, where we ask consumers, uh, in addition to what categories of food they ate, both at the high level and the more specific level, we ask them to say, okay, what brand was it, if you remember? Uh, and that's an open-end text response sort of thing. So we get that, and uh, after a laborious tagging process, <laughs> we've gone through and uh, rolled these up into various different like brand level as well as uh, overarching uh, categories. And so that enabled me to ask a question that had been really, uh, really interesting to me for quite a while, which is when consumers are choosing to eat a private label product versus uh, a branded product, uh, what's going through their minds? Is there any sort of distinction there in terms of need states, in terms of demographics behind who's buying private label? And so we were able to do that. We found uh, that Although, not, not, perhaps not too surprisingly, uh, on occasions where cost was a key concern, private label, of course, highly over-indexes. So that's what you would think. But kind of going a little bit deeper, we also found there was a, a whole realm of nuance that we wouldn't have expected going in. For instance, uh, branded products, when consumers are consuming branded products, they're more likely to be interested in uh, what special health benefits those branded products can give you. And we hypothesized that that might be due to the fact that consumers maybe trust that brands who have specialized in that particular health benefit and the ingredients that provide it may be better able to formulate a product that can give them those benefits. Whereas a private label, perhaps if they have such a wide variety of products, may not know the special health benefits quite as well as the brand. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, that sounds great. What other, what other interesting asks have you <sighs> come across? Because this is so um, kind of fun to talk about. Well, so the... Uh, that's sort of at the brand level, but another interesting category that we've, and we're able to, um, based on occurrences that are occurring in the marketplace, we're able to look inside of our Compass database and see what's going on. Another example of that would be uh, sort of the recent uh, decline in soda, sugary, and sugary soft drink sales. 
Uh, and so we wanted to say, okay, consumers are no longer uh, drinking these sugary soft drinks to quite the extent they were before, although still quite a lot. Uh, where are they going? What are these people drinking instead? Are they all just switching to tap water? Well, it turns out they're not just switching to tap water. They're switching to this whole wide variety and the whole rainbow of other interesting uh, soft drink products that have really emerged over recent years. And so we wanted to say, okay, can we look at the need states on those occasions uh, those drivers and try and figure out what products consumers are more likely to pick. And we did find some very interesting distinctions. Uh, for instance, when consumers are m concern concerned mostly about minimal processing and sort of absence of sugar above all else, they're more likely to switch to a, a seltzer or a, a sparkling water with no calories and ideally that doesn't even have uh, even natural or artificial flavorings. Um, however, if they're more concerned about uh, the special health benefits and perhaps that's something that appeals to them more, they'll switch to a kombucha or uh, a, a juice. Um, However, if they mostly care about flavor, uh, they'll often switch to a, a tea, uh, like a, an iced tea. So there's a wide variety of interesting uh, observations that I wouldn't have expected personally before going into there. That's very interesting. Wow. And I, I know we, we've we also had quite a few new additions to our Compass Eating Occasions database over the years. I know just in 2018, we expanded on some food service um, questions. Can you um, speak to that? What did, what did we include now? Great. Yeah, it's... Um so, of course, we ask about the drivers of why the food and beverage was selected, and that matters a lot when you're having a restaurant occasion. But we also wanted to dive deeper and say, okay, how did you choose what restaurant to go to besides just the, the food and beverage that they offer? Was Did you care about, say, the ambiance, or is it more convenient, or it's maybe it's very closely located to your house? So we have a whole other entire uh, driver-related question, need-state-related question for restaurant selection, mm -hmm. which we hadn't had that insight into before, and it's already yielding some interesting insights. We also ask uh, sort of the mechanics of ordering now for restaurants. You say, all right, did you order through a kiosk? Did you use a web app? Uh, maybe you used coupons or was it, it was delivered? Uh, so that also allows us greater insight into how the restaurant and food service mm -hmm. world is operating and consumers' interactions with it. That's great because food service occasions or restaurant occasions, you know, while it, there's so much about the food, there's so much else going on there mm. that kind of contribute to that overall restaurant experience. So great to know that our eating occasions data about base covers all of that rich information. Um, now, I know Compass can also get pretty granular when we're talking about ingredients. Um, I know we've recently done some additions that are coming out here in our 2019 fielding uh, in terms of seasoning. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, the granularity of Compass is a real strength. We have over uh, 350 unique uh, food items that we ask about, food and beverage items. Uh, but one of the areas that we're really improving upon in this next edition is going to be uh, making the distinction between uh, seasoning that you use during the cooking process itself versus the sort of condiment or uh, after-the-fact season that you add to your meal to really customize it to your palate. Uh, so in the before meal seasonings, as well as the cooking techniques section that we're adding, uh, we get at sort of a, a more nuanced look at like, did you use a recipe? Uh, were you heating? Were you chopping? Were you in heavily involved in preparing this? Or was it more of a... Um, Pre, uh, sort of pre-prepared using meal starters, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, if we ask in very specific detail, did you use paprika, black pepper, uh, lemon? It's a, it's a really interesting uh, look into the, the cooking world and the idea of food preparation as opposed to just the act of consuming, which we haven't had quite as much insight into before. So I'm very excited about that. Great. Well, we have definitely covered a lot of information about like that who, what, when, where, why. Is there any other interesting aspects of oh. Compass that we should talk about? 
really quick? I could talk about Compass for quite a while. <laughs> we, did, we haven't even touched on uh, the format or uh, some of our like planning decisions on how you decide how you're going to source the food that you're going to eat as well as uh, like what went into planning the meal that you're going to have. Uh, so I won't bog you down with those details, but those are all areas that we can analyze in Compass. That's fantastic, Gray. And um, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, it's been a pleasure talking about our Eating Occasions database uh, with you. Um, just as a side note, um, everyone who can access Compass, um, it, we include our Hartman Retainer Services uh, clients in that. You are more than welcome to reach out to us anytime. We also use it in our syndicated research and custom projects. So please feel free to reach out to us here at the Hartman Group for ways in which your business can utilize our Eating Occasions database. So thank you very much and we hope you have a wonderful day.